All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Liberish Podcast. This is episode 27. We are in a good mood today. I'm celebrating Arsenal. Let's go European Super League. Uh, uh, so, look, we were supposed to do like a uh, Derek Chauvin uh, guilty verdict reaction video. Again, we're busy. We have jobs. We're in school. We don't get paid for this. We're sorry. This is going to be the reaction podcast. Hey, Carly, though. We, we pay Carly, yes. Um, it's her podcast. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> so like this is going to be the Derek Chauvin reaction video or reaction podcast. So let's get into it, guys. So Derek Chauvin uh, got a guilty verdict on all three uh, on all three counts. Um, so he's probably going to go to jail for, I think, the minimum will be 29 years. But the max might be 40 years, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how are you guys feeling once you heard that, uh, once you heard those guilty verdicts? Um, I think we talked about it last week. Me and um, I think me and Marcus both kind of agreed it was like well well deserved and it needed it needed to happen. And I mean, I was I was really like ex- I was expecting it because I felt like it was kind of like a it. I didn't see how it wasn't gonna go that way. So I was kind of happy because I feel like for a lot of us we were kind of like waiting to see what would happen so i'm just glad that he was being he's being held accountable um i think we're a long way from justice a lot of people like to use that word i don't feel like that was justice i think that's just a murderer being held accountable uh. for a crime that he committed that was like heinous and unnecessary and you know i hope that we kind of like start to prosecute the rest of them the same way because at the end of the day like this whole situation is very unfortunate um and it really didn't need to happen so i'm happy like you know maybe his family can get some closure knowing that you know justice was served for him like he got like the person who took him away like who murdered him is going to jail i mean going to prison so i'm i'm happy with it i'm 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 really i'm shocked because it like as like i said before it doesn't usually go this way you countless times like blatant murder has gone kind of unpunished and ignored so I'm just glad that we're starting to finally I don't even like to say finally because I don't even think that this is we could take this one case and like make it a norm but I'm just glad just like he got what he deserved because I feel like it was it was deserved Hmm. yeah I'm I'm kind of like kind of there with you uh Carly because I was at first, I was like happy, like I yelled, yelled out, like yes, uh, when it happened. Like yeah. it was like, oh, I was watching the Warriors, uh, uh, Steph going off or something, because I was like so happy to see like this verdict come through. But uh, throughout the like later on, it was just like really relief. Like I had a pit in my stomach before the verdict came out, because I was like, what if they just find a way to just fuck up, fuck up this over? And it was like it's happened so many times where we don't even get you know get to trial. Like they go to indict and they try to change their minds on what they want to do. So. I had a pit in my stomach leading up to the verdict. It came out. I was just relieved that, you know, the system actually works. I said it was a layup a couple of times before, but this was really like a cut and dry case. There was video there just showing that what he, like, that he was, uh, that Chauvin was on uh, George Floyd's, uh, uh, laying on him for, for nine minutes. I mean, it just seemed like, how do you get this one wrong? So, you know, they finally got it right. It's great. And I thought that's, but we couldn't even like enjoy it really. And I'm sure we'll get to it later, but you know, while this verdict is happening, you know, we see the situation that goes down in Columbus and it's like, now it's kind of like, can we get more of these kind of complicated cases? Like, what does this kind of mean going forward? Like, yes, we were holding cops accountable between the, uh, Chauvin and uh, Walter Scott's killer, but you know, is the same kind of standard going to be applied to other police or is it still going to be the same old, same old? And that's kind of what I'm a little uh, anxious about going forward especially you know it's kind of more details come out of what happened in columbus yes uh ryan do you have any uh, thoughts you want to add to this so when the verdict got read like there was a sigh of relief and then i thought about that this was a small progress right but then i i got sad again because we've been making small progress since the 1800s you know so when is that time going to come when we're going to get large progress like i'm glad the family of george floyd got to see got to get justice for their their family member and and george floyd death um galvanized something but george floyd didn't choose to be a martyr he didn't 
It didn't choose yeah. any of this, you know. Was that a diss to Nancy Pelosi? It should be because should what be. she said was disgusting. And be. like he didn't, he did. This is this is a regular guy, like you know, he like, sacrifices. None like... of none none of this is gonna bring George George Floyd back. Like take away take away a strip strip down strip strip it down to everything that George Floyd case meant to the race. Strip it down to this. That's a that was a human being that lost his life in a situation where he shouldn't have, you know, and like no amount of time that Derek Chauvin, I know it's like a consolation prize and like, it's a small march that nobody has ever gotten this far. And in, 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 in after we've seen everything like Philando Castile's, they, they haven't got none of that kind of justice, none of that, you know? So it's like, yep. I want to celebrate. I want to be happy that, that, you know, we got one, like basically, we basically got one, but it's like yo, it's like a throwing a bone to us, like you know, like mm-hmm. bro, like George Floyd is just one at one person off a million that has gone through it, like you know, and it's sad that it it's that one that it's only one so far, like and like it you can't celebrate, like I can't celebrate, I can't really be happy because he's gone, like <clears throat> you know, like. Kids without their kid, kid growing up without their father, and, uh-huh. and all of that stuff. Like you know, like that on a granular level. I don't know if anybody else here experienced death, like yeah. before, like of a close one, close yeah. person. Mm-hmm. Like you'll never heal from that. Yeah, yeah. Like especially as a as a, as like for her for his daughter. Like yeah, that's like you you really She'll gotta never... you really gotta see it. Like I lost the per I lost my caretaker, the person who's taking care of me when I was to that from three months to fourteen years, and. I think the artist part was that yo, I was never gonna see that person again. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I was never gonna be able to call that person. That person was never gonna <clears> be <throat> able to hold me. That person was never gonna be able to give me advice. That person's like George Floyd will never cease to exist because his knowledge will ever forever live on with us of what he went through. Like, but it's he ceased to exist as a person because some guy went on a power trip, you know? And yeah. and that's why I really can't <laughs> celebrate. Like this is. I want to be happy, but there's nothing to be happy about. You know? Yeah. I also think, like, it's kind of hard to be happy because literally, like, right after we got the verdict, you heard about the situation in, in, in with the girl, like, with um, Micaiah Bryan in, in Columbus, Ohio. So it's kind of hard yeah. to, like, rejoice about something when literally the, the cycle repeats. Because in, in, in my eyes, justice, you know, the, the, the justice system did their job. And they and they prosecuted and convicted a man for murder, but it's really hard to see it that way when the police and like policing still stays the same. Mm-hmm. Because the the point is not to get justice for a wrong that's been done, but prevent a wrong from happening in the first place. Correct. And mm-hmm. a lot of us see it. A lot of people saw it as like, oh, justice. Justice is when something like this doesn't happen again. Like this was the lesson and this will never happen again. But that's been proven that that's not the case because how many times has something happened and we get a little progress and then something else happens that kind of erases all that progress. You know, um, to be black in America is, is, a, is a beautiful experience. You know, I'm very proud to be a black woman, but at the same time, it's like, how many times do we hear about someone just living their life or them just existing and being black and then it's just like they're dead, you know? So for me, it's a small plate. It's a small victory. And there's so much more work that needs to be done. And I feel like the work shouldn't come after the fact. Mm -hmm. It should be actively working to prevent things like this from happening. And I'm gonna say it, like I say it all the time, I don't really feel like it's gonna stop until like the, the like until police start to understand, like there's so many ways to de-escalate a situation. Mm-hmm. And in George Floyd's case, I don't even feel like there was any de-escalation that needed to happen because I don't really feel like it was a situation to begin with. Like this was all over a supposed alleged counterfeit, $20. There was a $20. guy, there was a guy there. He was on the witness stand, uh, elderly guy. He was actually trying to de-escalate the situation. So he was pretty much doing the job of the police. And he's just a regular civilian dude. And it's well. like, why? And then there's another person who had to call the police on the police. Like, you know, so yeah. 
I just feel like, and then again, you know, and like to, to reiterate, I think it's, it's, it's so ironic how, you know, even if you look at the situation that I just talked about in, in, in Ohio, it's like, you can't even call as a black person, you know, even as a kid. Well, I know like for me, I'm sure that language has changed now, but it's like, you know, you're taught as a kid, like if, if there's a fire, you call the the fire department. If, mm-hmm. if there's a, if there's a problem, if you're in danger, if you need help, you call the police. And that rhetoric has had to change for black people because it's like you can't even call the police when you're in need anymore. Like you have to really think about like, you know, like as Carly's saying, like if if a person called the cops on a black person for doing a nonviolent act, that's that's matter of life attempted, or death. that's dead as yeah. an attempted murder. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. you have to really look at it and, and that's sad. And you know, like and not uh, not to go too far too quick but we've been going through this for so long like you know like for years and nothing has been done like the george floyd died last year like may or something yeah yep. june june <laughs> right yeah they have tried to pass george, a george floyd bill for so long and it's still stuck can't move it past anywhere you know like we have yeah. seen and we have seen bills like this come out of congress bro the car they they hate black people so much, so much that they can't that whole since the since the beginning of existence of this country th- about 300 anti-lynching lynching bill has been tried they try to pass and none of them has ever passed right a simple acknowledgement of the fact that we are human being and like we deserve to not die that way has problems being passed you know and you can't say it's not hypocrite hypocritism because the the issue of anti eight that came from the covid situation originated in china in china <laughs> and and the rise in asian eight we saw a bill passed with only one senator opposing that right. was josh Ali, and everybody know that he's a crazy that trying to appeal to the trump base yeah that passed in record months yeah it's funny because like even now in the past like i used to always feel like we have to like protect like black men, you know, like we have oh, to yeah. like do our part to make sure that black men are safe and that they're not, you know, like just simply killed and mistreated and, and locked up just because they're black. <clears throat> and now it's like, I have to fight for like my, like black men and black women. Like I fear for myself nowadays. And it's sad and like, and like Ryan said, you know, I just said this, I, I said, you know, if you need any example, any other example that America hates black people, the passing of the you know anti-Asian bill was enough for me because oh. I'm not trying to knock Asian hate. You know, I understand there's been a rise in hate crimes against Asian people since the beginning of the pandemic because, you know, Trump used Chinese virus a lot and kind of insinuated that it came from China and Chinese people are responsible for this virus. Mm-hmm. But... It's nothing, nothing compared to the hundreds of years, like from the beginning of like the minute we stepped foot in this country, it has just been nonstop trying to undermine us as human beings. We had to fight to even be acknowledged as human beings. Right. Every part of a black, a black African-American history, black history is about fighting for equality, like fighting for a seat at the table, fighting for a place, fighting for acknowledgement. And it's like, we're not asking for anything crazy. We're just asking to just be seen as human beings. If you don't like me because you don't like me, that's fine. But don't Mm -hmm. let me being black be the reason why you don't like me. And that's the point that I'm trying to make. It's like, yes, do, do people do bad things? Are people not kind people? Yeah, everyone is like that. In every, in every race, no matter where you go, you have people that are just like nasty, foul, that you might not like. But to be like seen, like people, like to just see people being killed, like they're animals and disposed of and forgotten and and nothing comes of it is, is very hurtful. And, it, and it, you know, and even now, it's like hard. It's really hard to even receive and watch the news or hear about things because you just, you grow, you get tired, but then you get numb. Yeah, you get numb to it. 
It's a very scary. You're like, what can you do? What can you do? Like we protest, we we fight, we ask for, you know, bills to be passed. We have meetings with like legislators and senators and, and stuff like this. And 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 just it's like, OK. And then you turn around, you turn on the news and it's one more person. Well, like um, kind of going back to what you were talking about, like what can we do? We protest, we do all this stuff. Um, I was talking to like my girlfriend over the weekend about this. You know, whenever Black people ask for help or anything like that, we don't really get it. You know, when we're asking for the federal government to send us like a law to help protect us, we don't get that. But we do get laws to kind of restrict us and silence us and punish us. I think we talked about this last podcast, uh, Florida, here in this state, right before the verdict, the state passed a law where like if you're out protesting, let's say all five, four of us are out protesting and Yao comes out, he breaks a window, all of us can go to jail for felony charges. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Oklahoma just signed a law where basically if a driver is trying to, quote unquote, get away from a protester, they can hit you and kill you. And that's, that's it. like um, it's even kind of like the mechanism they use with like murder, like felony murder. Like if you're in the car and your friend goes in the store and like robs the, the, the store and shoots somebody just because you were in the car, like now you're a part of that. And I, th- I think it's just like another tactic to get people to understand like even associating with someone that wants you know like even just the mere association or it's just funny to me how when it's everybody else it's like you have the right to protest you Mm -hmm. have the right to you have the you have freedom of speech you have the right to assemble like you have all these rights and like now we have like rights quote unquote um that we're supposed to be afforded but then mm-hmm. even that's challenged when you try to exercise like these, like even now with this whole fight with the voter suppression, it's just like, you're trying so hard mm-hmm. to stop people from speaking up against like injustice and blatant murder. And it's honestly, this might sound dramatic, but it's, it's, it's almost like a genocide at this point. To the point where it's like, there's no valid reason why you're doing it. You're just doing it. Um, so I understand that. I can, I really understand that feeling, um, especially like hearing like the numerous cases, like for example, there's a NC shooting that's going on where cops aren't even really seeing the body camera footage. Or I think they just did only yeah. 20 seconds of it. So I do understand like that, like what can we do that help us this feeling? Uh, I did kind of want to bring it back and just like want to talk about like my like my thoughts and opinions on like the overall the trials and stuff. Um, I was very happy. I was like Marcus, I get the fist pump. I was like, yeah, we got this. I kept like checking my phone to see like what it was. I didn't even know that all three were on the table. I thought we were gonna get one out of the three. So I was really happy about that. Um you know, very happy to see like the people celebrating the streets, you know, like, you know, this is a good feeling. Yeah. Good to see like kind of the OG civil rights leaders like Jesse Jackson, prayers up to him. He's battling, I think, Parkinson's. So prayers out to him. Um, uh, who else was out there? Reverend Al Sharpton was out there too, man. Uh, so it was good to see like the OGs were out there and like they're talking about the trials. Um, Kamala Harris gave a really good speech. I was really nervous that they were going to pull a van jones like moment where they're going to say like this is the defining moment like this is the point that's going to change us they didn't crying, the tears what was that i've, I've added the, tears, van the crying they had the crying the tears like this is like a changing moment right uh they didn't say that they said like you know we have a long way to go we need to pass some like police reform bills they said all the right things right and they pretty much passed the buck to congress which congress does need to pass something uh so i was um, pretty happy about that it's but it's- um you know you know my, my background I, I saw somebody saying it felt good to have a person in the white house come out and say a president that could come out and give a speech that basically was siding with the justice system being 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 um being on the side of right this one time um, right but i didn't see that because i feel like you know we can talk you can talk you can do all of that thing but it's just words what's the difference Let's be real, right? What's the difference uh-huh. between Trump and Biden? Biden talks about it. Trump d- ignores it. But He's- nobody does anything about it. So until like he passed something or pushed for something, you can remember. If you guys remember, 
when they did that call with the civil rights leader when Biden just got elected mm-hmm. and the civil rights leader, the people who got Biden elected and got Biden all that money wanted Biden to do something. And he told them straight up, we're not going to do police reform. That's not something that's on the agenda right now because it's it's too controversial. Yeah. Yeah, I would push. I would push back on that though for a second. I, I, because Biden did come out and make a point that he's that he is pushing for the George Floyd bill to get passed, even though it doesn't really have a chance. Mm-hmm. How so, hard are you, how hard how hard is he pressing? I mean, who's he going to get ten votes from, Ryan? I no, <laughs> to, to be fair, like, he came out. He, and, uh, and another point too that I want to say is that like people like will point to the president, like, oh, what has he done? What has he done? One of the big parts, one of the big things that a president does, anyone who's at the top of an organization, they have to make people feel good, even mm-hmm. if it's just words. Not just words. They have to kind of make people feel some sort of confidence, some sort of feel, some feel something. Uh, I feel I feel better about their country, and I think that Biden Biden goes up and does that versus what Trump does, where he just kind of poo poos it or doesn't mention it at all, mm-hmm. and that does something for people. Maybe it doesn't do something for you, because you kind of have a different. You're looking at the system from a very from a right place. I think as a black man, like oh, this is a system that's still out to get me. But I right. think there are other people who will listen to Biden's words and say, oh, there's actually something to that. What are you saying? This makes me feel better about where my country is going, even if there's still a long way to go. May not do. It's not a message for everybody, sure. But I think it's a message that's going to get out to a lot of people that people are going to agree with. And I think that that's not nothing. To treat it like it's nothing is going to really do it a disservice. I, I say it's nothing because words without action is dead. Like eh, I don't know about that. Words matter. I, Why do you I, think the people went raided the Capitol in the 6th because of words? Why Words I, matter. Words and I'm matter. Say, but I'm saying in our case, right? Rhetoric they raided, they raided the Capitol. They did all that based on, on Trump's word, right? On but, rhetoric, yeah. Uh, what Jesus uh, said how, doesn't matter. How much, um, how long as, how much presidents have come out in, in favor of like treating treating black people good, come out in our corner, you know, try to back us on everything. But what substantially have happened since then? Nothing. So I would disagree long, with how that, long, man. How I don't know old heads that were like, you know what, it's, it's a lot better living now. Like, life's gotten a lot better now than it was, like, you know, back in the 60s bro, or 70s. Bro. I think I, I like, I Things think I'm, I'm not, you, you're, this is the thing. You're taking, again, you're taking that little progress and saying, okay, but we could go. I'm not saying, okay, I'm further. saying that it's not nothing. You're saying it's nothing. You I came out and like said words are nothing because because it t- if if you're gonna just come here come on here and like say oh blah 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 you stand with black people you're standing with it's like the organizations that are the companies that are pan the corporations that are pandering you're standing with us but you're not doing nothing your words are not doing food. nothing you guys are doing like for me I think I see like I've, I'm kind of stuck in the middle because like I I really feel like in this country more needs to happen than just bills being passed because see like i see things and i i I literally just did a whole presentation on this and 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 america like is bigger than just one situation like in every avenue there needs to be change for black people like education finances um police reform community liaisons between police and communities like it needs to be a whole new system the system that we have now doesn't serve us and it and it wasn't intended to serve us so in 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 retrospect the system's doing exactly what it's supposed to do because it was never designed to protect us or even consider us but at the same time i feel like words do matter because it's like i would rather someone and again we kind of touched on this when we talked about pandering but you know, I think in, in any situation, like when there's someone at the top and they're and they're kind of like supposed to like kind of delegate and 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 speak for the people or represent the people, you want to feel acknowledged. Like for me, it's like, okay, yeah, words don't matter without action, but then a person not even acknowledging that something going on is also not good either. Because it's like you're not even thinking, it's not even on your mind. Like it's not even worth a mention, it's not even worth a conversation. So for me, it's bigger than it's bigger than words and it's bigger than laws. It's really about doing the work to change the system. Like we keep talking about like defund the police. No, like, yeah, we need to defund the police, but we also need to get rid of the police system that we have now and get a new one. Taking money away from the police is not going to do anything in the wor- in the way that people think it is. Like people mm-hmm. think like take money away from the police, they'll get their shit together. No. They'll just have less money. They're not no, going to stop. You'll still have the same actors. Though. You'll still have the same actions. Yeah. It'll just be less money. They'll have less. 
you know, they won't have the money to buy these new fancy, you know, Teslas for police cars or do all this extra stuff, but they're still going to act the same way. They're Tesla so police cars? I, uh, Tesla is so, testing out like uh, police cars for cops. Okay. I think it's out in California. Yeah. All right. Sorry, it's on the nuts. What are Yeah. Like they have all these gadgets and gadgets and then they have like money for these little pet projects for different things. So it's not about money. And I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people, yeah, hold on y'all. I think a lot of people think throwing money at the situation or taking money or money, money, money or laws or, you know, these are like, they're like kind of like trigger words. Like, oh, we'll pass a law or we'll, you know, we'll defund. But it's like, it's bigger than that. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like black people in this country have been used to just getting a little bit that we think a little bit is a lot. But it's like, yeah. we can have so much more if yeah. we all like push for it. Like we can't have like this one thing, we can't take like one verdict out of thousands of other cops who have gotten away with the shit that they do and say, we're onto something or a new day is coming or change or justice. It's not, especially yeah. because yeah. if this happened to any other, any other group of people, it would be like, let's do something about it. We have to, no. All right, so producer Yao uh, wants to chime in here. So Yao, meet yourself. Appreciate it, appreciate it. Yeah, I just wanted to make one point. I feel like when they say they want to limit the amount of money that cops are having or to fund the cops or police, um, let's look at like what happens, like let's, let's look at like what happened recently in New York where they're deploying robotic dogs, like the DARPA dogs. See, like where'd right? you get the it's money like, for that? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so it's like, them? I think one of the main issues that like, I would like to see addressed at least when it comes to money and funding the police and all that is like cops are having a lot of militarized equipment that looks like it's meant for war in a foreign country where it's like actual serious conflict and they're using it on on us like on black populations yeah Yeah. yes so yeah kind of to like uh, feed off of that point I think one criticism to Joe Biden is that um, President Barack Obama signed an executive order to kind of stop that practice of the military selling weapons, no, sorry, not weapons, but military vehicles to police departments. Yep. Obviously, President Trump overturned that. And I want to say, I mean, please fact check me, but I want to say Biden has not signed that executive order to kind of reverse that, to stop that practice altogether. So, no, yes. That- and it's one thing that's come up. Uh, I was reading a review of his first 100 days. It's something that's on his bill, something that he said he would do. And for whatever reason, um, he hasn't signed it yet, but it's on. It's something that's on his desk that he can do, that he said that he's shown a willingness to do. Right. And like, I understand, like, you know, symbolic, like, kind of like Marcus will say, like, symbolic gestures do matter a lot. And that might just be like a symbolic gesture. But the fact that he hasn't signed it yet, like, that is one major critique that I have on. Uh, it's, a, yeah, like no, it's, a, yeah, it's, it's a fair one. It's definitely one that he needs to, that he should address, especially, right. you know, because this, this, George Floyd bill, unfortunately, like it's it's out there. It's not going to get the votes that it needs to get passed without um any without you know the filibuster going away. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that in the, if he can't get the votes, then I do wonder if he's going to start using those executive actions to like strip these things out of this out of the system. Because again, like it's it's jarring to see like military equipment being used on civilian populations in the states. Like you have occupying like armies here. It looks crazy. Like, it's, not, see that. it's not, and it's not coincidental either. Like it's also like not a coincidence that. Um, you know, like even for example, like when there's like protesters and then it's like sometimes the conversation of like the National Guard or whatever, like police, you know, like presence and stuff is just, you know, the response to the response, I feel like the response to that is always like, you know, there's people protesting, um, we got to get it under control, but it's like, Mm -hmm. you could avoid out, you know, an, an, an outrageous amount of people coming out to protest if you stop doing the shit that they're protesting about, you know? So, and I, I feel like that's in this country, that's not even an option. Like, it's like, you'll do everything else to control protesting except prevent protesting from happening in the first place. And that's my problem with this, like with everything that's going on is that it's always a forethought. Like, let's right, fix it right. after the fact. Let's not do anything to prevent it or let's not a- address the issues that are causing this. Let's just clean it up once it gets out of control. And their version of cleaning it up is just let's get more cops. Like cops are not the problem in the situation, you know? So it's like, it's very right. ironic to me how your response to police brutality protests 
is adding more police and then militarized police at that who come out with like all this equipment. And then you have like the National Guard, like I believe like last week, wasn't the National Guard supposedly supposed to be deployed or something like just in case things got out of control? I don't remember like the the specific. Yeah, that shouldn't even be like an option. Like maybe if we had the right conversations and said like, you know, this is getting out of hand and like we can't stop until it ends. And I'm not saying like we have to protest about everything because, you know, that's it's bigger than that. You know, like we protest about all the things that we are outraged about and what comes of it. It usually dies down after a while or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But everyone's response is like quick fixes. It's like band-aids. It's like, you know, like putting a band-aid on a, on a wound or whatever. Like you're not fixing it. Like you're just doing a temporary fix or you're just doing it to appease Black people or just, you know, kind of quiet things down or calm things down for a moment until something else happens because something else is always bound to happen. Rather than saying, you know what, we see a pattern community like the the community and police don't have the best relationship why is that Mm -hmm. what can we do to bridge this gap or what is the call like what is the cause and like what's going on Mm -hmm. that's not even addressed and because it's like they don't want to stop doing that that's not an option for them and that's the shit that pisses me off the most is that the real issues are never addressed it's just yeah. temporarily fixed or appeased or you know like we'll, we'll give you something to to calm down and then or the gaslighting that comes to where it's like oh this exactly. isn't really an issue or oh i love when yeah. people throw out the stats that more white people get shot by cops so it's like no yeah. shit they're yeah. they're a larger part of the population yeah if people are, yeah all these smart people get real dumb when they start using statistics to like defend these points but it's something that you'll see it all the time and you know i think about uh, how another one of the kind of Anytime there's any sort of progress in this country, it feels like there's always like you always want to take two steps backwards or do something regressive. Mm-hmm. So like in the aftermath of this case, like we see that the video from uh, the video from uh, about George Floyd of George Floyd getting killed uh, kind of results in Chauvin getting convicted. And it's like now you have uh, states and local po- local cities trying to pass laws to make recording cops illegal. And it just goes to sh- and it's just one of those things where it's like right. I do I, one of the biggest problems we have is that we have this this gigantic criminal justice apparatus that needs to be torn down and rebuilt. And the way that our, the system that we have is just too big to kind of tear down and make a one big sweeping change and something that's going to take time. And there's just no, like our system is built not to, to kind of prevent any sort of big fast changes like that from taking place. And it's one of the biggest frustrations I have I'm kind of thinking about where to go to next uh, in the aftermath of this, because again, if they're creating laws to kind of protect cops even more or just keep mm-hmm. them or, not even address any of the issues that we have it's like where where does it go from here like what like what can we really do and when you also have you know these kind of built-in blocks blockers that kind of keep any sort of real progress from taking place so i it's kind also, of i mean oh, I, I mean i see where marcus is coming from because like if you like i study like the bureaucracy in grad school like and just like the system that it takes to take make change like fun fact a lot of people don't know it took like 50 years for the government to decide what is le- to legally define what is peanut butter so just that's just for like a lot of one administrative thing that's how long it takes to get any sort of change it's a grind it's a grinding system that takes long for any change or anything to be done then you have to go through all of these processes open up for public com- comments it's, it takes a lot to get it done because i think one of the one of the misconceptions or miscrewed thing about our legal system is that most people think that Congress does the most work. Agencies actually that write rules and regulations do the most work. Like yep. they pass yeah. at least, they they create at least 90% of our legal system. They create more, 90% of like a criminal justice system. They are the ones that write in these rules and policies and recommendations for um, the gov- the government, to, all the government works, not Congress, because Congress is slow, but they're also slow, you know, and I think like we normally force people like, oh, we need representation, we need to go, we need to run for office, we need to do all of that, but one of those things is that a lot of us aren't in the bureaucracy, like if you look at the FBI, um, you know, iron practices, very racially skewed, mostly white men in G-suits, you know, 
Same thing with the CIA. Same thing with a lot of these government agencies, a lot of these places that administrative judges that people don't really know about. These positions people don't know about, but these people are like power brokers in our government. If an administrative judge is just three people that, so it could be like three random people that are so-called expert in their field, like the, the president or Congress selects, and they get to you know oversee everything. They have power. They have veto power before your case can even go to the Supreme Court. You know, like that. That's how powerful they are. And a lot of people don't know that this kind of it's system. a lot of yeah, it's a lot of miseducation. There's a yeah, lot of layers to it. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it's like, like it's like interesting to me because, like, even in school, like I study the legal system i'm i'm in school for law so i look at things like when you when you're talking about the justice system again it's after the fact like something has already taken place and now we're dealing with the consequences of said action the goal is not to strengthen our justice system because in some situations the justice system is the problem but to prevent and that's the thing. I think the language that we're using is, is getting misconstrued because when you say things like, oh, this is justice, you're implying that, you know, it's okay for us to get to this point as long as they're punished after the fact. We're not even talking about the, the before. Like, justice means that George Floyd would still be here because the minute like he was having his knee on his neck and compressing and, and you know, somebody would have stepped in, prevented that. And then we would have, we would have tried him for attempted murder. That's justice in my eyes. Mm -hmm. So I think we're all fighting for the same thing. It's just the way we choose to go about it is different. And I feel like until we all get on the same page and we all demand the same thing, because that's the problem sometimes is that we all want the same thing. A majority of us want the same thing, but some people are unsure how to go about it. You know, they don't, they don't really know what to do. You know, they're just outraged and upset and they want to do something about it, but they're like ill-informed. And then you also have like some people who are supposed to be like, you know, community leaders in the black community. And I don't know who appointed these people, but are misleading people because there are some people who are supposed to be leaders who felt like this was justice and you're misconstruing yeah. the point to, to the people who follow you. And I think a lot of people have a platform that they could use and they either use it for the wrong reasons, they mislead people, or it's just not enough of, it's not enough good people trying to do better things. So I wanted to touch base on what Marcus said earlier about this, how kind of deeply ingrained this is into our, our criminal justice system. Um, let's take a look at the judge and the Derek Chauvin case, right? Uh, so after the trial, the DOJ, the Department of Justice, came out and announced that they were going to look into Derek Chauvin's um, you know, abuse of power against, like I think it was like a 17-year-old Black kid. Very similar situation, beat the hell out of this kid. It was just and more gruesome. They said that was worse. I said it was a lot worse. And like he had his knee, I think around the kid's neck area for like, I want to say 17 minutes. Now, the thing that I want to really want to point out here is that the judge gave the defense the opportunity to go back into George Floyd's past to try to make a point about what happened to him, that he had a drug issue and like he got arrested before. That same judge did not allow the prosecution to do that to the police, to do that to the cop and go back into his past and to like all of his complaints made against them to show that he has a, a consistent history of abusing his powers. And that just kind of shows how deeply ingrained this is. This is not even a fair system. You know, how can you go into the past of like this one guy, but you can't go into the past of the cop? That makes no sense to me. I hope like a defense attorney or someone can reach out to us and let me know. But to me, that makes no sense. And like, that just shows how deeply ingrained this stuff is. It makes sense. They always get the uh, the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, like white people sense. in general get the white people the the benefit of the doubt, but cops as, as a whole just they're just like oh they're not they're they're kind of justified or they're not they're given this kind of carte blanche in terms of whatever they're able to do. That's which, why I always put the emphasis on the juror jury. Mm -hmm. I don't. And I, I don't. Always, and I always say like sometimes we look at the judge and we look at the prosecution, but the the. It's it's the responsibility of the jury to actually convict them based off the information that they that they that they see or that's presented to them. Uh, and I, how, do, how do we but, feel about um, the Republican counter arguments to all this? That uh, since we're talking about the jury, 
um, that the jury only voted the way they did because they were fearful of the response and they voted not to convict George Floyd. I'm oh, sorry, um, not honestly, George Floyd, Derek Chauvin. Ooh. Honestly, um, that's, again, not surprising to me. And I just like, I don't even choose to entertain that because it doesn't matter. Like um, in the situation, like I got what I wanted and I, I yeah. think we all got what we wanted, which was a conviction. Um, so the reasoning, um, I mean, we may never know. Like sometimes after the case, jurors come out and kind of explain what happened um, or what went down. You know, a lot of like a lot of famous jurors and like famous trials have like went come out and said like this is what happened, this is why we didn't, or this is why we did. And, and you know, maybe that might happen in this situation later on down the line. But I feel like until we know exactly, and if we even don't know, it doesn't you know negate the fact that he was convicted. I think any, I think any, and a lot of times it's just another ploy to undermine something like you know like a because i feel i feel like it's a success in this situation like it was it was it needed to happen and so you trying to say or them trying to say like oh it's only because they didn't want to you know deal with whatever should tell you like think about it why would there be a negative reaction if they didn't convict because it's, it was blatant murder it was on video that's why people would be outraged because it's like you're basically trying to tell people what you saw with your own eyes is misleading you. Like it wasn't murder. Yeah. So the fact that you can even tell me that you feel like jurors would not like wouldn't would vote a certain way because they it's just telling me that you know why that would be such a big deal. It would be such a big deal because we saw it. We all mm -hmm. saw it. It's not like we heard it and we read police reports or someone said, or there was a witness there who could have possibly made up anything. It was like, we all saw it with our own two eyes. And I think that's why it was so outrageous is because we shouldn't even had, I mean, I don't like to say this because I understand how the justice system works, but it's like, it's amazing to me that we all had this kind of pit in our stomach that it was gonna go a different way because yeah. why would it? it? Literally, I saw it, you saw it, we all saw it. But that's the, that's the, that's just the reality of the situation, like whether you see it or not. I mean, like, I don't know if y'all saw, but the Keith Ellison, I think he's the lead prosecutor um, and also the AG. Yep. Uh, he did an interview with 60 Minutes and he's like, you know, like, I personally think Derek Chauvin not going to get more than a 20 year sentence because they're, they're going to be lenient on him. And the prosecutor in the case already said he's human and he, feel, and he feels. Keith Ellison came out, a black man came out and said, yeah, I am, I feel bad for him. Like, so, <sighs> so you know what that, you know what that means? Cause basically most people don't know, like after, after the trial, if you found guilty, there's like a mini trial to see right. how much time you get. And if the prosecutor is coming out and saying, yo, feels bad, feel bad for him, like, you know, he's getting probably 20 but years. But also that's the, the situation, like even with cops in, in general, like even when cops are, it's always some sort of leniency or lesser time because yeah, they recognize the fact that they're a police officer. But I say yeah. you probably it's get the benefit 20 of the years again. and serve 10. You probably get 20 years and serve 10. That's probably what's going to happen. And you know what? For me, you know, I kind of look at it like we, we fixate on the amount of time. And I believe in holding him accountable, but there's no amount of time that would make this situation any better you know like it's like as and i don't feel bad for him at all no you know? like i hope they have a field day with his asshole in prison yeah but yeah it's it's funny because but it's or, not gonna bring funny. him back like you know and it's no. not gonna erase the situation and and so that's the issue for me is that the problem with shit happening after the fact is that it doesn't rectify the situation like it's just mm -hmm. you know holding someone accountable george floyd is still going to be gone his daughter's still gonna grow up without a father like this is these are gonna have long and that's the thing like I think sometimes when these people become hashtags or they become you know sort of what, what some people would call martyrs or whatever is that they didn't volunteer for this like they have family they have friends they had a life they you know they were living and you took that away from them and nothing that you do after the fact is going to change that yep I mean, and that's the, that's that's the sad part. It's exactly. Like, that's how I was stating early in the pod. Like, there's I have nothing to be happy about. 
like you know this is just once one probably pers person that they're holding accountable out of probably thousands you know of so-called bad apples like how can i like i get that we're supposed to feel a little relieved because you know george floyd the person who killed george floyd has been held accountable uh, by our, by the system but yeah. what's an equal punishment for murder i'm glad you, know? you said that like i'm glad you mentioned the bad apple because there's no such thing as a good apple, apple. from a yeah. tree yeah well the, the po police system kind of discourages it good apples but yeah. the thing right. is the police because system the blue wall the blue but the wall, police yeah. system that we have is the is the rotten tree so yeah. you can't tell me there's you know, good cops, because we've heard like there is a how are you a good cop if you watch bad things happen and you don't do anything about it? Exactly. Uh, there was this case about this uh, Buffalo police officer a long time ago, black police officer. She stopped one of her white colleagues from killing a black man. She just got her pension back. She got fired and she this was like years ago. Yeah. Like, I don't want to say she probably she spent, got she's, fired. She spent, she spent years fighting, fighting for fighting. That. Yeah. That's just a uh, case in point, right? Um, exactly, because even when you try to, you know, and, and again, like even when you, that's why I feel like, that's why I have my own personal feelings about like black people becoming cops. But for me, it's like, even when you, even as a black person, it's like, you're not even held to the same standard because again, like this is a, a black person who saw something like happening and chose to stick up for it and her reward, quote unquote, is being fired and having to fight for years to get what is owed to you. Because yeah. regardless of what happened, like me, I feel like even in that situation, like she still, you know, was a police officer. She was still owed a pension. Like even if they let her go, the fact that she had to fight to get what was owed back to her just goes to show you that one, black people are held to a different, different standard, no matter what position you're in. Mm -hmm. And two, it's like they're so deeply ingrained in this idea that police can just go around being, you know, brutal and harmful and 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 like vultures to people that when you speak up against it, it's like it's disencouraged and you're punished for it rather than it's like we appreciate you acknowledging and, and pointing out what this one person is doing. Let's deal with this person who's doing wrong. But in her situation and many other situations, it's like you don't speak up against your partner or you don't speak up against other police officers or, you know, there's a code amongst us and you just kind of like are supposed to protect one in, one another, whether they're doing good or bad. Yeah. And that's like, that's the scariest part. <laughs> yeah. It's just like one big blue gang. That's really yeah. all it is. So that's yeah. like the scariest part. A very, uh, a very large blue gang that is well freaking funded. Basically, ah, y'all kind of right. Y'all said it's like the SS. It's, it's basically the SS. It's, like, it's, yeah. they, they move effective. They have the power of the law on their hand. They think that their way is the right and just way to move. Like, hey, man, like, they were, they were very well funded. Very well and, very, funded. and very well supported, so which is the way. Very well supported. People that yep. <laughs> don't like us are an like, effect, yeah, cops effective. are fun. I knew that cops lost their mind when the head of the New York uh, Police Union, Sergeant's Benevolent Association, basically came on national on TV and and threatened the mayor. And I'm like, huh? How do you threaten your boss and still keep your job? Ryan, and he was like yelling about like being a victim, right? Yeah. He was, yeah, he yeah. was playing the victim card. But Ryan, that was before before that incident. That's where I kind of noticed where cops were out of control. I don't know if you remember where um, I think it was around. Oh, I got a blank on his name. The guy that got choked out by the NYPD officer, Eric, Eric Garner. Eric Garner, Eric Garner, right? So when Eric Garner died, uh, the mayor mentioned he has a black son, that cops need to do better, and a police officer died. And so the mayor attended the funeral, and the cops in uniform turned their backs That's on funny. the mayor. Now, can you imagine like a U.S. soldier? In uniform, turning our back on like a President Biden or a President Trump, 
you, you, people you think can't, there's a coup going on. You can't exactly, exactly, exactly that, exactly yeah. that the insurrection. So, it's nuts. You know that 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 to me like, this kind of showed me like we have no. But that's a, that's place. that's another thing. That's the sense of entitlement that they have, where they yeah. feel like that's like yeah. even like you know what's funny to me is and that's actually a contradiction because you know the common like the 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 you know the military and police are supposedly supposed to be big on respect but it's only if it's towards them you know because it's like if they feel like you said if like in that situation i guess they felt like the mayor shouldn't have like spoke about it or he shouldn't have spoke against or that's how they took it so they felt like in response to that like let me turn like but that's disrespectful like you're not supposed to do that because at the end of the day that's your like superior so it's funny to me how it's like you're supposed to be owed so much and people in the community or people who like civilians, quote unquote, are supposed to respect your authority. They're supposed to respect you as police and, and military figures, but yet you feel like it's okay to disrespect your superior. So it's a contradiction within itself that's laughable to me because it's like, why are you owed so much, but like, you don't even see it the same way. Like you don't even see where you're supposed to be respectful. Yeah, it kind of goes back to like respect is earned, not given. Exactly. And I'm not sure where in this time frame that they thought they earned their respect. Like, I'm sorry, like your training is mad week. You don't really go off to go to training for that long. Yeah. You know, um, it's like, like 21 how- weeks or something. So it's it's bizarrely little training they get compared to the rest of the world. Like, did he even have to do like a physical training or have to do like physical tests after they, they passed the academy? Because I'm seeing a lot of overweight cops out here in Florida. There's yeah. the cops I've seen in New Jersey, New York. I don't think so. Oh my dude, at the local elementary school, this is huge cop, big boy. He's got his little tactical vest on. It looks like he's wearing like his daughter's like yeah. little vest, man. He's that big. It's like, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> like, <laughs> when you're trained to shoot and not yes it's like he ain't gotta run nowhere it's like if you running away from me i'm gonna shoot you that's what it is <laughs> I'm after you. like i had a funny enough i had a like a family friend like a family friend of mine that was a like when i was younger that was a cop and he told me the same thing he's like if i'm i'm not chasing after nobody like I was yeah. trying to shoot, I'm going to shoot you. And at the time I didn't really understand it, but it's like, that's a lot. That's, a, that's how a lot of them operate. Like it's a wild thing to admit. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really wild thing. To it admit. is. Uh, so by the way, since we're talking about police, um, shout out to Van Lathan. He won an Oscar for his movie. Uh, Two distant strangers It's on Netflix. Um, I saw it. Very good movie. Um, definitely go check it out pretty much kind of what we were talking about this black guy uh normal black dude he's just trying to get home to go see his dog and he encounters the police and it kind of just goes through the several different likely scenarios that can happen i've seen that i've seen the preview what is it called again uh two distant strangers is it will keith i don't see i suck at actors names yeah yeah i'm really Um, bad at this keith is from uh, atlanta you know what you watch atlanta he was also yeah. in Get Out. Yeah, uh, I don't. He was in Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah. Uh, yes, he was. Um, he wasn't. I don't think he was in it. That wasn't him. Okay, uh, I don't I remember. If, I've seen the commercial, but I can't remember. I don't want. I honestly, I look. I look. I'm tired of watching depressing movies. That's oh, another my, thing. My so, life is yeah. already. It's black, already. Black I'm not gonna lie. Like, I clicked trauma. on it. By, I clicked on it by accident. Let yeah. me say something. There's a show called Them. Yeah, I heard about And I'm going to tell you one thing. Like me personally, um, through my major, like in college, it was um, because I was a um, a sociology minor. So for me, I had to watch a lot of like black trauma movies to kind of like tackle the conversation of the black experience through like being in America, basically. So you watch slavery movies, you watch Jim Crow movies, you watch all these type of things. So I'm, uh, and plus, America today, oh, Joey Badass, America today is a a trauma film in itself, except it's reality. And so for me, I just can't do like black trauma because it's it's just too, it's too gory and it's too like relevant today. Like if it wasn't going on and it was like, oh, some shit that like happened in the 60s, then I would be like, oh, that was a, but the fact that like shit like this happens on the regular, it's just, it's too, 
Like it's yeah. really like the new horror film for me. Like I'm gonna I'm be honest. I'm I'm a piggy. I'm gonna go back to what Carly said earlier. Like it's really lit being black, and I and I wouldn't have it no other way. But with to, but to be black is is a hell of a responsibility, bro. Like yeah, this shit. This shit it's is exhausting. lit, but it is not fun at all. Like you're having a good time because you're celebrating who you are. And I think this is the triumphs. Yeah, yeah. And I think we're living in a age where you know black people is, are becoming more conscious of their power of and and their and their worth, you know. So but at the same time, like you know, like I know that if I go out, it don't matter. None none of the degrees matter none of the honors that i graduated matter my job doesn't matter my my eye profile corporate job don't matter nothing matters and i still none of that means nothing to a cop who is ed strong and like i still run the risk of i could try to be a model citizen but for right, a black person yeah. a model citizen means nothing to a cop you know like, like I, I always use the philando castile situation you know because Philando Castile did nothing. He he was a model citizen. He said, officer, I have a gun in the car and I'm licensed. Uh, that that thing was traumatic. And the officer said he was reaching for it. After, and this is the thing you got to understand. And the, they arrested the girlfriend too. Like, that's they, why, that's why like when black people. If you, if you go back to the, sorry, sorry. If you go back mm-hmm. to the. A couple of weeks ago, Lieutenant Nazario yeah. went to college, felt the need that his country called him to serve, you know, you know, like he felt the virtue and there's no, and I think, you know, like, even though in our community, we joke, like, I remember serve crack than serve this country. There's nothing, there's no greater pride for you to, than to serve your country. My grandfather told me that, like, his time in Vietnam, despite the racism back then, it's one of the, one Man. of one of the greatest thing that he ever done, what he said was going to Vietnam to fight for his country. And and he, he's proud of that as a Marine. He's mm-hmm. proud of who he is. But like- And that's a, that's that a testament. A- I think that's a testament to black people. Like black people love, I think a, um, like black people love being black. You know, they love to celebrate black culture, the black experience, the shared nuances that we have amongst each other, whether we know each other or not. It's like something worth celebrating. Like, like you're right. Like, if I walk in a place and I see a black man, like, if I walk into... You're going to do the head nod. If I give you the head nod and you don't head nod back, I don't think... I think you're a white person, a black Yes. So it's like the, 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 you know, the... There's so much beauty in being black. There's so much strength in being black, especially me as a black woman. Like, I wouldn't have it any other way. Guys, guys. So I have a funny thing to tell you. When I first moved to Florida... I used to give the head nod and other black people never, never gave it back. back. And I got scared. I was like, what's going oh. on? Is this, oh just a, is this like a no for the Mason Dixie line? Like, it's, what yeah. is this? It's a, it's, is a, this? It's, a, it's a Florida man behavior, bro. Yeah. Okay. So, for, so for, I think like even, you know, even, um, was there, <laughs> even, <laughs> you know, it's even funny to me because it's like, like Ryan said, um, you know, I have, you know, people, men in my family who have served this country. And mm-hmm. have told me like it's it's something that they wouldn't take back, um, and so for, and so I think that just goes to show you like, I don't think a lot of black people, I think we hate the shit that goes on in this country, but we recognize that this is our country. Like we don't have like everybody always wants to act like we're like we're strangers in a foreign land, and like if yeah. we don't like it here, we could go back. Where the fuck am I gonna go? Ironically, like my like I was born in an army hospital on an army base because my father was in the army when I was born. Like this is my country just as much as it's anybody else's country. Mm-hmm. And black people acknowledge that. And that's why we continue to show up and in and, and places and serve our country and whatever that means. Because it's like, it's not that we don't want to be here because we don't have nowhere else to go. It's just like we want to be treated better in our country, because this is our country. Like America is truly a melting pot of different people from different backgrounds, from different countries, from, you know, whether you're talking about religion and ethnicity, national, whatever. And it's just funny to me how we celebrate the contributions of immigrants in the past for what they've done. Like, you know, we talk about the railroads and we talk about, 
um, the Irish and the Italians and the Chinese and all this, how they came over here and they worked and they built this country up. But we did the exact same thing uh-huh. against our will at that. And yet we're not celebrated in the same way. And that's all we want is just acknowledgement and just just to be acknowledged as citizens and human beings. And I really feel like that's not too much of an ask. And the fact that it's 2021 and we're still fighting for basic civil rights, basic human rights in a country that is ours just as much as anybody else's who's a citizen in this country Uh is, is asinine and it's ridiculous to me. All right, guys, that concludes the first half of our podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We really wanted to touch upon the Derek Chauvin case, get our reactions out of it. <clears throat> As you can see, we had like a mixed bag of reactions. Some pretty happy, some pretty like, frustrated and sad over the fallout from the uh, the trial. Um, we wanted to not kind of end this on such like a dark note. So what we did is that we kept potting in our second half is known as our bonus podcast. So go, please check it out. It's a much lighter mood, funnier. We make a lot of jokes, go completely off script. Um, so please go check it out. Uh, so let us know what you guys think. Uh, follow us on uh, Twitter, follow us on IG. Um, make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast. Um, help us out. Uh, so if you enjoyed what you heard, uh, let, let your friends and family know about it. Spread the word, help us grow. If you didn't, uh, still like and subscribe to it. Uh, probably tell someone that you hated it so that they can go ahead and listen to it as well. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please go check out the bonus podcast and we're out. Mm-hmm.